And one, two, three. Welcome everybody to the LifePoint Table Talk podcast. My name is Jason, and today I am joined with Pastor Katrina. It's always such a delight to be here. Love it. Great to have you here with us today. And today we are coming in on week 20. Boy, it's almost halfway through, isn't we it? We are cruising along on our Bible reading uh, reflection. And so reading through the Word this year together, and it has been fantastic. And so today, as usual, we got a lot to cover. And so we're going to switch it up. Um, I love the Gospel of John, so let's give let's give Brother John... Uh, some attention first and we'll start in John we're going to do John 5 through 7 and then we will get into 2nd Kings all the way into Chronicles and uh, so let's start in John where we where we at here okay yeah let's get into it we got John 5 and sorry let me grab my notes here yeah There's some interesting things about this story here about Jesus healing the man at the pool of Bethesda. And it's to be noted that he healed him on the Sabbath. Mm. There are a lot of healings that took place on the Sabbath. And every time he was criticized for healing someone on the Sabbath. Yeah. Uh, And it tells us that an angel at times went down and stirred the pool And when that angel stirred the pool, whoever first went into the water was healed. Now, it's very interesting. Some translations do not use the word angel. You know, I've taught a course on angels, and uh, some of the students in my class said, mine doesn't say angels. It just said the water was stirred. Yeah, I don't think John does. Uh, In the New King James and King James, it says an angel went down and stirred the water. That's the wrong translation. Yes, you Mine do. just said uh, stirred. I know it. But an angel in the, new, in the King James and New King James, it says an angel, and I believe it was a healing angel, that came down and stirred the water. And I noticed that Jesus did not refute that. He didn't say, oh, no, an angel didn't come down. Or he didn't say the water wasn't stirred and that people didn't get healed. Hmm. Uh, so he, in a way, confirmed it. Uh, but there are translations that do not say angel, but the one that I like <laughs> says angel, uh, the two, King James and New King James. Um, so when I teach on angels, I do use that version where it says an angel stirred the water. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so so this is... Um, a part of their culture, I guess, there, that the, the sick people are there around. Yeah, he is. He said he's been sick 38 years. So 38 years, he's come to the pool, mm-hmm. possibly 38 years. But for many years, he was laid near the pool daily. Mm-hmm. So you'd think you'd catch on after a while. Yeah. And Jesus saw him and asked, do you want to be made well? And I could see him asking that if he's been laying there 38 years. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but notice the man uses the blame game. Uh, no one's taken me. Yeah, no one will put me in the water. Right. Even when I'm close, someone always gets ahead of me. 
Good night. If that was me, I'd be laying on the edge of the water and roll over into it. Yeah, right. <laughs> but, you know, uh, but Jesus has such compassion. He said, rise, take up your bed and walk. And immediately he's made well. Immediately. Yeah. And it's it's hard to even comprehend the the leaders get mad and they say, you can't carry your mat. Yeah, on the they Sabbath. come to him and say, it's unlawful for it you to carry your mat on crazy. the Sabbath. <laughs> yeah. And, but notice the blame, blame game again. Well, it was the one who healed me that told me to do it. It's yeah, so that's interesting, interesting too, because it seems he didn't know it was really Jesus. No, he had no idea. He finds out later. Yeah. Jesus had withdrawn. No one knew who healed the man. He's just in this crowd there. He particularly heals him. And then Jesus sees the man in the temple, and he said, Sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon you. So he's giving him instructions how to keep his healing. Hmm. And then the man goes and tells the Jews, well, it was Jesus. I know now. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. I just think the whole thing is when I read it again, it was just very interesting to me about uh, how he went to the Jews to tell them, see, that's who did it. That's who told me to carry after my getting bed. Healed, yeah, after getting healed. He told on him. <laughs> and so they persecute Jesus for this. Yes. And they're questioning him. And interestingly, Jesus says, my father is working during this time, so I'm too. And th and said then they sought the more to kill him, not only because he healed on the Sabbath, but because he said God was his father. Right. And Amazing. then Jesus gives him that. The son can do nothing of himself. What he sees his father do, that's what he does. And I love this. He said, and the father loves the son. Now, you know, they hated that. Yeah. And he who does not honor the son does not honor the father. So that tells you Jesus was being very blunt with yeah. the Pharisees. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. He goes into this whole kind of message here. He does. In the middle of this uh, exchange with the leaders. And he's talking about, he goes into how the one who hears his message and believes, the one who sent him will have eternal life. Right. And he even says that he has authority to execute judgment. The he, dead will hear the voice of the Son of God. Yes. All the tombs will hear, and ones who have done good to life will come will go to life, and those who have done evil to condemnation. Yes. I mean, it's a whole... He, he brings the gospel to them. Yeah. I mean, it could not be more clear. And then they, they say, well, what's a true witness? We want to know if you're really the Son of God. And I love this statement. They can't do anything about it. The very works that I do is a witness that the Father has sent me. Yeah. If I couldn't do these works, you could say that. But I'm doing the works of the Father. So what are you going to say? Yeah. Yeah, it's, a, it's amazing. It is. Um, he goes on to say, you're studying the Scriptures and they all point to me. I know it. <laughs> and you're not getting it. <laughs> you don't catch on. <laughs> Even Moses, he's saying Moses wrote about me, yeah. um, which I think probably infuriated them even yeah. more. Oh, I know. And it shows you he knew the word. Yeah. He knew the word. Yeah. And he just confounded them with the word. Yeah, I think that was part of the uh, confusion for them because he was so on point. Yes. With his knowledge and grasp and authority. Every, yeah, everything they the accused scriptures. him everything they accused him of, he came right back with the word. Yeah. I love it. And so we get into chapter six. Uh, a big crowd is now following. 
5,000. Wow. Uh, and that's men. So there's going to be women and children. And I found out in church, usually more women and children than there are men. So you've got a big crowd there. Yeah. And I uh, love this. He, Jesus asked Philip, where can we go to buy some food for everyone? I love that. Now, notice this was a test question. Jesus already knew what he was going to do. So it was a test question for Philip. And so Philip says we only have uh, 200 silver coins or uh, 200 silver coins would not be enough for even a little bit for each person. But all we have are these five loaves and two Andrew fishes. Says that, yeah. Andrew now, says, let uh, me, let me from go, a boy. Let me go back on this. Do you know how much in, in the New King James it says 200 penny worth? But do you know how much money that is? how much they had on hand in the treasury. He said, we only have $14,500. Hmm. That's what today's money would be hmm. to feed these people. And that's hmm. not enough. But he said, it's not enough for them to get a little to eat, but they'd get a tiny bit. Yeah. So they had enough to give them a teeny tiny bit. Notice hmm. that Jesus is not into teeny tiny bits. He's into abundance. And so Jesus takes the loaves and gives thanks and he starts passing it out. Yeah. And he does now, the same thing it. with the fish. Look at the look at the doubt. With Philip, we only have two hundred penny worth. And Andrew says, What are these five loaves and two fish among so many? There's five hundred there's five thousand people here. But by faith, Jesus, go ahead and sit them in sections. Sit them down. So that yeah. was the first act of faith. And that was really they didn't realize it. It was their act of faith too to do it. Yeah. Okay, keep going. And so he gives thanks and starts passing it out, and they just keep passing it out <laughs> until everyone had plenty to eat and were full, and they even had 12 baskets left over. Do you think that's one basket for each disciple? That, Sounds like it, doesn't it? It's a, a loaded number, certainly. <laughs> it is. And then notice the response of the people. They say, of a truth, you're a prophet. And then they wanted to make him king. Yeah. So what's he do? He slips away to the mountains. Yeah. And so later in the evening, uh, the disciples come down and they are taking a boat across the lake where they were. And uh, the sea is getting rough. And suddenly they see Jesus walking by on the water. <laughs> That's so cool. The best. And they're in great fear. And he says, be not afraid. But it's this me. Is, it's interesting. It said then immediately they were on the shore. Boom. So yeah, it was a double, looks like a double miracle there. I know it. Immediately they were on the shore. Yeah. And so the people find out they've gone to the other side and they come following him. The big crowd, the same crowd that he had just fed. And uh, we end up getting in, he's talking to them and it gets into this big long exchange. Right. With a, a Notice lot of how honest stuff. he is with them. He said, you seek me because of the miracle, the food. Yeah. But don't labor for meat that perishes, but for the meat that endures. And that sets the stage because then they ask, what may we do to work the works of God? And he says, believe on him who sent me. And then they said, give us a sign. This is when he starts paralleling the manna from heaven in the wilderness right. to him. Yeah, this is, this is for, to me, this is whole passage is amazing because... It goes from uh, feeding them the food, and he calls them out on it. Yeah. That you're just here for the food, and that's not what 
I'm about. Right. He obviously did it. It was a great thing that he sure. did. But yeah. then he says, but that's not really what this is about. It's not about the physical meat. It's yeah. about the spiritual meat. Yeah. So. And um, so he kind of goes from the most accessible message ever, the free stuff <laughs> message. <laughs> Making it hard. Here's free stuff <laughs> to the hardest message ever where uh, his own... The disciples start leaving, the people who are following. He said, under Moses, manna came from heaven. But he said, I am the bread of life, for I have come down from heaven. Yeah. Wow. And boy, the Jews murmur, hey, he's the son of Joseph. Yeah. Uh, And again, he says, he that believes on me has everlasting life, for I am the bread of life. And the bread I give. Now, notice he gets very clear here. The bread I give is my flesh which I give for the life of the world. Yeah. And the Jews get even madder. <laughs> they get more mad, more angry. Yeah. And so Jesus goes into more depth. Look at the depth he goes into. Well, they're saying, how can we eat his flesh? Yeah, he said, whoso it, eats and drinks it is, but, has mean, eternal life. And and they're like, and he said, and I'll raise him up at the last day. Yeah, and I, I empathize with them. It's I know so it is intense. hard. It's crazy. It does. What is he talking he says, about? Eat my flesh eat? and drink my blood. And you're what like, this? it sounds like Cannib- a vampire. Yeah, <laughs> some crazy cannibalism thing. Um, but he's not saying it literally. He's saying, take unto yourself the bread of life, which is me, into your heart, into your life. D- d- uh, digest me or put me in with you so yeah. that I'm a part of you. And many of the disciples desert Jesus. This is a time not just the Jews and the Pharisees. His own followers. And, and the, even the just close ones say, this is a hard saying. Yeah. Jesus said, does this offend you? The words I speak are spirit and life. Yeah, and then he says, what, will it offend you when I send, ascend back to heaven? Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> and then he said, Jesus says to them, are you going to go also to the twelve? Yeah. And I love what Peter says. To whom shall we go? Yeah. You have so, the words of eternal life. Now, I love this statement. He said, we believe and we are sure you are Christ, the son of the living God. Yeah. Wow. But don't you think this is interesting that that's, this chapter ends with Jesus warning them, I have chosen you 12, yet one of you is a devil. <laughs> yeah, that took a, a weird turn. I didn't see I did, coming yeah, there. Yeah, I didn't either. Yeah, but so, that that whole exchange there, the end... It's 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 one of my uh, favorite parts of the gospel. That whole exchange, especially with Peter there, where he's, yes. like, "Are you going to go to?" And where am I going to go? Uh, where, but where else can we go? But doesn't that show you who Jesus really is? Yeah, I am the man of the bread that came down from heaven. And I in I, the I, Old Testament, the, that's just foreshadows of Jesus to come. And here Jesus is there, and he said, "I'm that manna." Yeah, I'm that manna. And I think. I think he cleared he cleared a bunch of stuff out here because P- Peter and the other disciples they were really there for real. Yeah. And I think they were for him like yeah. he's saying, where yeah. where else are we going to go? We're following you and a lot of people were there for something else. Yes, they were. They were and really there for something else and when yeah. when it got real, they didn't want anything to do with yeah. it. And I think he did it on purpose. I think oh, he sure could have probably explained it much more palatable, but he made it hard on purpose yeah. just to just to 
show where they were. Yeah. They left. And so we get to seven and... Um, Jesus at the Feast of Tabernacles. Now, what is that? That's the Jewish holiday that's celebrated in the fall. That's uh, not only a celebration of harvest, but it com- commemorates the 40-year journey of the Israelites in the wilderness and their exodus. And people dwell in booths seven days, yeah. and on the eighth day is a big celebration, and eight represents new beginnings. We've been in Israel during that time. It's in mm-hmm. October. And I tell you, it was fascinating. There's just a festive atmosphere, and oh, it's just a wonderful, wonderful time. It's almost like, because uh, the translation I was reading, it's called the Feast of Shelters. Ooh. It's like, uh, it's almost like camping. Yes, it is. They have little shelters because they were out in the wilderness. Yeah. They had to, they had makeshift houses or whatever. Yeah. So that's part of the, part of the. And they still do that. They have those little booths uh, with like straw on the top everywhere, thousands mm. of them. And so it, this is amazing. His brothers are sort of uh, goading him and saying, you want to make somebody of yourself and do these miracles. You shouldn't do it in secret. You should go mm-hmm. to the to the uh, feast and do them there. And it specifically says his brothers didn't believe in him. Mm. Um and so he does go secretly. Yeah, he says he's not going to go, but then he does secretly. Yeah. yeah. And then, then he gets there, and halfway through, he gets up and starts teaching. Yeah, he can't help it. <laughs> can't help yourself. If you're a preacher, you can't help yourself. Yeah. And, and it's very interesting. The Jews are marveling at his teaching, and then they he says to them, Didn't Moses give you the law, and none of you keep it? Why do you go about to kill me? Mm. And the Jews go, You must have a devil. Who's trying to kill you? And they know they are. Yeah, that's one of those. And he said, I've done one work and you marvel. And that's when he healed the man at the pool of of, uh, Bethesda. Yeah. And I said to him, take up your bed and walk. And and he says, you circumcise on the Sabbath and you think that's fine because the law of Moses is fulfilled. And you get angry with me because I made someone whole that was crippled and he took up his bed and walked. You need to judge righteous judgment. And I tell you, sometimes people can get on the little, you know, somebody sat in my seat, Mm. you know, or some little nothing and get all bent out of shape over nothing when we need to see what God is doing. Yeah, I just, it's a funny exchange. I, I think there were a lot of people there, so some of them probably didn't totally know what was going on because it talks about not confusion, but there were different opinions about him within the crowd. Some thought he was legit. Some said, we know where he's from. We know who this is. This can't be the Messiah. And uh, some were definitely trying to kill him. (laughs) Yeah, but many did believe. Many did believe. And then the Pharisees send soldiers to arrest him. But his time wasn't yet, so they don't. And again, he says, I'm going to go soon. I love this too. he, He keeps talking and nobody knows what he's talking about. Yeah, until later it yeah. comes back to him. John, this came back to him. Yeah, you know it did. Yeah. So they say, "Where is he going?" I don't. They're they're not getting it. And so now Jesus is going to talk about the rivers of living water. Yes. I Here's love something I found out, and maybe you do already know this. At this time, at this particular time, at this feast, the priest would pour water over the altar which had been drawn earlier from the Pool of Siloam. Hmm. 
So now he's talking. Notice how he fits it right in with what the priests are doing. Yeah, and it, that that's that's awesome because that's what he was just doing before with the bread. Yes. With the miracle that yes. he had performed, then he ties it into manna. Yes. And then he ties it into himself. And now and he's again, tying it into the water. The water. The Look what he water. says. That last Amazing. day, the great day of the feast, he cries out, if any man thirsts, they've just seen them pour water. Mm. Oh, I get chills when I think about this. Mm. He says, let him come to me and drink. And whoever believes on me, as the scripture says, rivers of living water will flow from within them out of mm. their innermost being. Yeah. I think that's such a deep uh, saying that probably resonates with everybody you know what i mean because you're wanting satisfaction right not to have to keep doing this whatever it is that gives you this brief moment of satisfaction but something inside that is that is giving you the life yes out there yes and um and and it's very clear jesus was referring to the holy spirit that they would receive and the spirit hadn't been given yet because he had not risen yet hadn't been glorified and uh, we know that he tells us in John 14, you know, it's expedient that I go away, that the Holy Spirit will come. It's expedient for you that I go away. Yeah. So this is he's preparing the people. And of course, the people are still divided. He's a prophet. He's a Messiah. And others, uh, who is he? Yeah. <laughs> They're still and I love it. It ends here with uh, Nicodemus shows up again. Yes. <laughs> and he is kind of trying to to calm him down a little bit, yes, slow he it is. down. He's not totally going all out in D- Jesus' yeah. defense. But yeah, he's kind of <laughs> low key trying to help him out. You know? Yeah, the Pharisees have said to the soldiers, "Why didn't you have brought Jesus in? What's the matter with yeah. you?" And he said, "Listen to what they say. I love this. No one's ever spoken like this man." And he said, "The Pharisees say back to him, are you deceived? Also, I mean, the soldiers <laughs> would not arrest him. Yeah. They were afraid to." Probably maybe more afraid for the people, that the people would come against him. Yeah, yeah. But Nicodemus, he's now coming out of the darkness mm. and starting to be, you know, more show his uh, heart toward Jesus. And he said, doesn't our law condemn a man without, does our law condemn a man without him first right. being heard? Yeah. Uh, and then they make a false claim. He said, a prophet doesn't come from Galilee. That wasn't mm-hmm. true. Jesus was born in Judea in Bethlehem, the city of David. They didn't know. I don't know if they... Oh, you know that may be true. I don't think they'd realize his full story. I don't think they did either. Uh, They just thought, this is a man from Nazareth. They didn't realize he was born in Bethlehem. Isn't God's word amazing how that Jesus, that Caesar had a tax... They had to go to Bethlehem. Yeah, it was by accident. It was almost not accident, but I mean, it was By God's divine design. Mm -hmm. He took them to Bethlehem. That's just amazing to me. Awesome. Awesome. So that's the end here of our New Testament reading uh, with John, which is awesome. And we're going to jump into Kings. We're going to do 2 Kings 9 through 1 Chronicles 2, and let me preface this a little bit. We got, there's a ton here, and it seems like it goes on forever with these kings, and yes. there's two different kingdoms, uh, is Israel and Judah. Yes. So the, the Hebrew people have been uh, split. Yes. Into so it's going through these kings, but it gets kind of confusing because they're giving um, uh, 
they're listing the kings of both kingdoms. And sometimes at the same time, and their names are so similar, They're too. similar, and they do it in kind of a funky way. I know. Where it, it comes back around later. They'll kind of mention yeah. it. and you're, it, it can be a little confusing, and uh, there's a lot of them. Yes. So I'm going to try, we're going to try to go through uh, some of this a little faster. Uh, it's all good. There's a ton of awesome stuff, and it kind of goes in a certain way in a certain cycle which seems like it's going to go forever and then it breaks yeah and and, and you have good kings and evil kings but it breaks it it's building up until exile yes that's what this whole thing uh it's it it builds to so so i want to make a statement here you'll notice if the king is good you'll see that uh, that good things are happening in the nation if the king is evil you'll see that the people turn and become evil so they follow their leader it is very important who's leading a nation very important hmm. because we always say the anointing flows down with a pastor the anointing flows. the same is true with a leader his thoughts his philosophies flow down to the people yeah so and it talks that. about that it'll it'll mention certain kings over and over and that certain king led the whole people astray into, into yeah. certain things yeah so Okay, let's get into it. So we're at Second Kings nine. Yes. Um, now this is when the prophet Elisha sends one of the sons of the prophets mm -hmm. to anoint the captain of the army of Israel, Jehu. Yeah. And to do it secretly to prophesy over him and then run. I yeah. think that's hilarious. Yeah. So he anoints him king of Israel. Prophesies he's going to take out Ahab and Jezebel. And they needed. They were both wicked. Yeah. Wicked, wicked, wicked. And this, uh, they've been, they, they've had it coming for quite a while. Yes, so they have just, oh, they have. So he is obedient to the prophetic word, and he even kills the wicked king Ahazi, who was king of Judah. It was, I, I think, Ahab's son. Yes, it? it was. Yeah. Yes. So the pro and the prophecy comes to pass about Jezebel that she's going to, mm -hmm. the dogs are going to eat her up. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, Ahab had already died um, in the previous chapter. He got killed, and the similar similar thing with animals kind of eating his blood or whatever. Yeah, is he's really very dramatic. similar. Yeah, yeah, and so and then in chapter ten, we see that Jehu gets a king. Jehu, he's anointed king now. He has a reputation of being wicked, but not wicked, but I mean, going after them. They mm -hmm. know what's going to happen. So Ahab and Ahazi's family members are assassinated. And th I thought this was fascinating. King Ahab had 70 sons. Can you even imagine that? So wow. he wasn't just with Jezebel. Yeah. He had a bunch of other women. <laughs> mm. yeah. And he sends letters to their caretakers and uh, said, put the best son on the their father's throne and buddy they knew what was going on and they were so afraid they said we'll join you yeah. we're not going to do this so so jay jehu cleans house he takes yes he does he kills all of ahab's sons his strong men his friends all of them and his priests and um and he destroys all Baal worshipers yeah i, I actually this part's pretty pretty amazing he he fakes like yeah. he wants to worship Baal too. Oh, I'm the greatest worshiper and of Baal. All says, of you come join me. <laughs> everybody together in their temple. And he does it on purpose so that 
all of the priests of Baal will be there, and then he kills them. And yeah. He destroys uh, the house of Baal, and it says he makes it into a bathroom uh, to this day. Yeah. <laughs> that was one of the side notes there. But it seems like many of these kings leave a little thing that causes problems later. Mm. He did not depart from the golden calves in Bethel. Bethel means yeah. house of God. And he did not walk in the law of the Lord with all his heart. Yeah. And we see that he ended up, he was a great warrior, but he did die in battle. Yeah. So. Uh, also, I, I wanted to note back in 9, uh, Jezebel dies. That was a big one. Yes. Uh, didn't really go over that. She falls out of a window and yeah. it's really And it said gruesome. she dressed herself up so she looked like the queen so they wouldn't do that to a queen. But it's actually her own people who throw her over. Yes. Which is interesting. Because yeah. I think she was probably... Kind of nasty to I bet she was. They were I wouldn't want to work for her. <laughs> to throw her over. So anyways. So yeah. So uh, Jehu. Um, let's see. Jehu is king for 28 years. Then his son Jehoahaz becomes king. Yes. Um, and then it goes into chapter 11. The only woman ruler of Judah of, and Israel was Athaliah. Hmm. She was the mother of Ahaziah. Yeah. Don't these names sound alike? And so she takes over and kills she, the royal family. Isn't she something else? Except for Joash. And, who is, and her sister hides him. Yeah. And he gets snuck out and they hide him in the temple. He's in the temple for six, six years. Six years, yes. And um, then God moves Jehoiada. The priest shows the military captains that jo Joash is the king's surviving son, mm -hmm. and they covenant to destroy Athaliah. She was not a good ruler. Yeah. And so she cries treason, but yeah. it's too late. They take <laughs> yeah. her out and kill her. Yeah. And so Joash is king, uh, well, let's see, seven years old. Only seven years king. old. Some Can of these you guys imagine are really that? young. I know it. He'd be a first grader. Can you imagine having your first? But here's the thing. Uh, Jehoiada, the priest, was his instructor. Mm. That was the thing. And he did, he reigned 40 years, and he did what was right in the sight of the Lord. But again, the high places weren't taken away, so there was still false worship. Yeah. But here's the good thing about him. He wanted to rebuild, the, repair the temple. Yeah. And that was so good. And they call it the Joash chest. Yeah. And so Joash is king of Judah at this time. Jehu is king of Israel. Yes. And a lot of times it'll say um, such and such did evil like his ancestors or or he obeyed God except. Yeah. They usually have an accept, except for the shrines and sacrifices. <laughs> the ones who do really good, they say they were like David. Yes, I they noticed point that. To David, which yes, is interesting. I think that is too. Um, so King Hazel of Syria attacks Jerusalem. Um, this happens a couple times where they're attacked and they take all the gold and uh, treasure that they have. Mm -hmm. And pay them off yeah. to stop. Yeah. They pay off Syria. Uh, it says they took it from the temple. Everything yes. his ancestors had had. Um, 
At the end of his rule, Joash is murdered by his own officers who rebelled against him. Now, here's why. If you don't know, it says it's detailed in Chronicles. 2 Chronicles 24 tells why his servants rose up against him. Hmm. It was later in his rule, he killed one of the sons of the high priest, Jehoiada, who had raised him. Oh, wow. And it was such an offense to his servants they said, if he'll kill his son, what will he do to us? Wow. And that's why they rose up against him. Yeah. And he had advised him since he was eight years old. And he turns around and kills one of his, one of the priest's sons yeah. in a fit of anger. And buddy, he paid a price for it. Yeah. Um, okay. So then we switch over to Israel. Jehoah has his son of Jehu. He becomes king of Israel. He did wrong in the sight of the Lord. God allows Syria to rule over them, uh, but he brings up leaders from within Israel to rescue them, but they keep on sinning. And notice they mention he did not pers- uh, depart from the sins of Jer- Jero- Jeroboam. Yeah. And who was Jeroboam? Jeroboam. Uh, when Solomon failed, God had raised up Jeroboam to rule over the ten tribes of mm-hmm. Israel. And because he became jealous and insecure, he built golden calves for the people to worship instead of worshiping God. And he caused Israel to sin. And he's noted as the one king who caused Israel, not the only king, but one king who caused Israel to sin. And his name keeps popping up because they keep going back to that, that that they were like Jeroboam. So remember that. Uh, So after Jehoahaz... Uh, his son Jehoash becomes king. He also lives in disobedience. Uh, at this time, uh, Elisha is sick, the prophet. Yeah. And it's funny, Jehoash is afraid they can't win their battles without Elisha. Yeah. And so it goes through this whole thing where he has them shoot arrows. Yeah, that was his last, last, here he is sick in his last act of ministry. And he's supposed to hit him on the ground, but he doesn't do it right. Does it three times and he says, you should have done at least six. Come on. It's really weird. And (laughs) so he's mad. He gets mad at him. Says you're only going to have. Partial victory. Partial victory. Yeah. Um, And then Elisha dies. Yeah. That's the but notice the power of this prophet in his the anointing still in his body, because the Moabite raiders have a man that dies and they're in a hurry running through there and they throw him into Elisha's sepulcher, and when his body touches Elisha's Mm. bones, he revives. Yeah, can you imagine the anointing that was still on him? Right, that is amazing. And so we keep going here. Fourteen and. Amaziah, son of Joash, becomes king of Judah. Amaziah follows God, except for uh, the shrines and idols. Uh, One translation calls them local shrines, which is interesting. He is king for 29 years. Um, They actually have a bit of a civil war there. Amaziah... Uh, king of Judah makes war with Jehoash, king of Israel. Uh, Amaziah is defeated. Um, Jer- Jeroboam, I believe, is next. And this is Jeroboam the second. Son of jo- 
Jehoash. Yeah. Yeah. Now he's Jeroboam the second. Yep. Not the original. And so he does wrong in the sight of God, uh, but God is merciful and helps them uh, during their time of suffering. And so next comes Zechariah. Yes. Son of Jeroboam the second. Yep. He becomes king of Israel. Uh, Amaziah's son, Azariah, becomes king of Judah. And he did do right in the sight of God, but again, the high places are not removed. And it's interesting. They said he's afflicted with leprosy. And his son, Jotham, uh, has charge of the palace and governs the people and eventually succeeds him. But then it lists like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven evil kings. And we don't even need to talk much about them because they got six months, one month, a year, two years, whatever. And every one of them them are real short. Six, like you're saying, six yeah, months. And they get assassinated. Yeah. I guess just, Israel, by this time, they're saying, hey, we're tired of you evil kings. Boom, 